Alex Jones, one of the most interesting internet personalities on earth, who has been canceled by social media, has just defeated cancel culture by getting put on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast again. Some people may not see the importance about this, but it brings far more attention to the fact that Twitter and Facebook has blocked and censored the New York Post article about Hunter Biden and his questionable laptop and all of its contents. The great thing about Alex Jones being on the podcast is that Joe Rogan is also helping solidify Alex Jones' comments about various topics by fact-checking them in real time. Of course, using Jamie, who basically is... Still dealing with COVID, but just basically tastes everything like water for some reason. Now, this is also to make the conversation the most productive it can be, because Alex Jones can be just way over the top sometimes, go here and there. Kind of like how Kanye does it, but Joe is keeping him on track within this podcast to make sure that every single thing that he talks about is the most productive that it can be and the most honest that it can be. Now, predictions for this episode is that it will be the new most top-viewed episode on the JRE podcast. Now, what are your thoughts? Feel free to leave them down below in the comment section. And thanks for watching. Two Chicago sisters were denied bail after allegedly stabbing a store clerk 27 times over the request to wear a mask. A man was stabbed multiple times after asking two women to wear masks. Two sisters entered a small shop in Chicago on Sunday when they were approached by a worker who asked them to wear a mask and to use hand sanitizer to help prevent the spread of COVID-19. According to Carrie uh, James, who is a police spokesperson, the Chicago Sun-Times reported they refused and began to argue with the man at the store located on the 3200 block of West Roosevelt Road. The argument escalated and the woman Jessica Hill, 21, and Jayla Hill, 18, are accused of attacking the man. Jessica pulled a knife out of her back pocket and began stabbing the 32-year-old man. Jayla held the man in place by his hair while the victim was stabbed 27 times. Jessica allegedly taunted the employee as a bee and said he had gotten effed up by the sisters. Jayla recorded the incident on her phone. The Hill sisters were both treated for minor wounds at St. Anthony Hospital while the victim was treated at Mount Sinai Hospital. The women were arrested at the scene and appeared in court for a bail hearing on Tuesday as their lawyer insisted they'd been overcharged and only acted in self-defense. A judge denied bail for the sisters. They are due in court again on November 4th. Now, what on earth do you think about this situation, right? And this lawyer, to even have the balls to basically try to claim that they've been overcharged and only acted in self-defense, it can't be self-defense if a person was stabbed 27 times while being held down, and not to mention all of this is on their phone, right? That's just crazy. But what are your thoughts? Check out 40inbox.com to master your money, personal finance lessons, and courses. Want to make money online? Learn the four steps to make money online in the description of this episode. I can still hear his voice, 
in my head. The woman in her early 30s told the Brooklyn courtroom Tuesday, her voice shaking. He robbed me of my youth, the woman Camilla told the court according to the New York Post. He used my innocence to do whatever he wanted with me. At the end of Tuesday's sentence hearing, in which victims of NXIVM cult leader Keith Rainier recounted their stories in sometimes painful detail, the 60-year-old Rainier was sentenced to 120 years in prison. Camilla was one of the 15 victims scheduled to testify against Rainier on Tuesday, part of an attempt by federal prosecutors to secure a life sentence for the defendant. He has been in prison since jurors found him guilty last year of trafficking, forced labor, conspiracy, human trafficking, and multiple counts of racketeering. Victims painted a picture of a charismatic self-help guru who lured followers with promises that he would help them take control of their lives. But once ensconced in his orbit, many of the women were indoctrinated by Rainier, who pressured them to sleep with him and even branded his initials on their skin cauterizing pen. There's more information involved in this whole case situation, right? But just research at your own risk. I didn't want to even, like, talk about the whole thing because, like, the more you read into it, the more it's just, like, like, my God kind of thing. But if you want to look up it, go ahead and look up it. But, hey, he's sentenced to 120 years in prison, so that's something, right? But, again, it's a pretty serious thing. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey and other leading tech executives will warn lawmakers that efforts to change a federal provision known as Section 230 could have lasting consequences for free speech on the Internet, according to a report Wednesday. Dorsey, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, and Google CEO Sundar Pichai will virtually testify before the Senate Commerce Committee on Wednesday regarding potential changes to the provision. Section 230 refers to a portion of the the Communications Decency Act of 1996 that protects social media firms from liability for third-party posts on their platforms. Eroding the foundation of Section 230 could collapse how we communicate on the Internet, leaving only a small number of giant and well-funded technology companies. Dorsey said in written testimony obtained by Reuters ahead of the hearing. We should also be mindful that undermining Section 230 will result in far more removal of online speech and impose several limitations on our collective ability to address harmful content and protect people online. President Trump and leading Republican lawmakers have called for the provision to be changed or repealed amid allegations that social media platforms like Twitter and Facebook have engaged in censorship. Now, these are not really allegations. Like, they have engaged in censorship. So Facebook, Twitter, and Google have denied allegations that their content moderation practices are biased against conservative viewpoints, which is a lie. Republican lawmakers have criticized Facebook and Twitter in recent days over their handling of a New York Post report on emails obtained from a laptop that purportedly belongs to Hunter Biden, the son of Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden. Both Facebook and Twitter took steps to limit the spread of the report, prompting allegations that the social media platforms were engaging in censorship. In his testimony, Zuckerberg will say that without Section 230, platforms could face liability for doing even basic moderation, such as removing hate speech and harassment that impacts the safety and security of their communities. 
Vichaya will tell lawmakers that Google does not engage in political bias and argue that Section 230 is essential to its business practices. The Senate Com- Com- uh, Commerce Committee hearing is entitled, Does Section 230 Sweeping Immunity Enable Big Tech Bad Behavior? The hearings begin at 10 a.m. ET. Now, I wonder what you guys kind of think about this, right? Because the thing is, every single one of these guys, right, are hypocrites, right? Every single one of them are basically saying, oh, we don't do any sort of biased actions, right? Our companies don't do any sort of biased actions when they do constantly, consistently, without fail, right? So the question is, should they be protected if they are doing a bias, right? Because the thing is, like, they shouldn't be allowed to engage in biased actions, right? And the thing is, like, even if you go to Google, right, depending on where you are located can determine your search results, right, which is a bias in itself, right? If you're more south eastern kind of thing you probably get a little bit more conservative search results if you're more very west like more california area you're gonna get a lot more left-leaning search results right and the same thing goes to like for certain like political commentators that end up you know you might be trying to search for right some areas are actually blocked on the search results right like some commentators depending on where they are leaning will actually not show up depending on your location right so they definitely do censorship and they do it pretty much blatantly the question is how are they going to be able to protect themselves and say that they're not doing any of the things that they are being accused of doing so it's just going to be pretty interesting to see but i don't think anything is really going to happen but if something does happen, it is definitely going to change the platforms. Whether it be for better, I don't know. But it's definitely going to change it. The pricing for SpaceX's Starlink beta service in the U.S. appears to have been revealed after potential users received emails inviting them to sign up to the service. According to an email posted on Reddit and confirmed by CNBC, Elon Musk's company will charge users $99 a month initially to use its Starlink service. They will also need to pay $499 for a small satellite dish, mounting tripod and router from the company. While the pricing has been revealed, it's unclear how many users this initial service called the Better Than Nothing beta by SpaceX is being rolled out to. However, SpaceX did reveal some further details on what could be expected from Starlink. As you can tell from the title, we are trying to lower your initial expectations. The reported email begins. Expect to see data speeds vary from 50 megabytes per second to 150 megabytes per second and latency from 20 milliseconds to 40 milliseconds over the next several months as we enhance the Starlink system. There will also be brief periods of no connectivity at all. As we launch more satellites, install more ground stations, and improve our networking software, data speed, latency, and uptime will improve dramatically. For latency, we expect to achieve 16 milliseconds to 19 milliseconds by summer 2021. The Starlink phased array user terminal, which is more advanced than what's in fighter jets, 
plus mounting tripod and Wi-Fi router costs $499 and the monthly subscription costs $99. One Reddit user in Washington said they had already been able to place their order, saying it cost them almost $600 in total, which included $50 in shipping. Alongside the email, SpaceX has also launched a Starlink app for iOS and Android, where SpaceX confirmed its planned rollout of the service. Starlink is designed to deliver high-speed broadband internet to locations where access has been unreliable, expensive, or completely unavailable, the company said. Under Starlink's Better Than Nothing Better program, initial service is targeted for the U.S. and Canada in 2020, rapidly expanding to near global coverage of the populated world by 2021. The app also includes an augmented reality service to help with setup of the Starlink dish. While cheap for some, the pricing revealed so far is likely to be too high for some of the 3 billion people around the world that lack a connection to the internet, a supposed target market for space internet services like Starlink. That pricing is not much different from what we already see with satellite internet, says industry analyst Laura Forzik from U.S. space consulting firm Astrolytical. If the goal is to bring internet to the masses, then this price is not going to achieve that. Starlink relies on thousands of satellites operating in Earth orbit to beam the internet to the ground, known as a mega constellation. The company has already launched nearly 900 satellites with plans to operate up to 42,000 in the future. This has raised large concerns about the impact these satellites could have on operations in Earth orbit. Prior to Starlink, only 2,000 active satellites ordered, orbited Earth, dramatically increasing concerns around collisions and space junk. Astronomers have also raised concerns about the impact of Starlink satellites on the night sky, noting the satellites could hamper observations of the universe. SpaceX has belatedly attempted to address these concerns with some success. Starlink is just one of several planned space internet constellations with rivals including Project Cooper from Jeff Bezos' Amazon company and OneMoeb in the UK, which is backed by the UK government. So far, SpaceX is the first to reveal the pricing for its service and is unclear if this initial price is for the beta only and will reduce in the future to make this service more affordable. SpaceX did not respond to requests for comment on this whole matter. However, while unaffordable for some, the price will likely be tempting for certain markets, such as the military. SpaceX has already been targeting that area, with the U.S. Army signing a deal with the company earlier this year to assess the feasibility of Starlink for military operations. By the end of the year, it's likely that SpaceX will have launched more than 1,000 Starlink satellites as it continues its rapid rollout. And while a lot of unknowns and concerns remain, the company is clearly keen to press ahead with its plans. But while it appears to be ahead of its competitors, quite whether the service will live up to the goal of bringing the internet to the unconnected remains to be seen. It's absolutely a worthy goal, says Forzik. Whether it's achievable, I don't know. Check out 40inbox.com to master your money. Personal finance lessons and courses. Want to make money online? Learn the four steps to make money online in the description of this 